My name is Dan Halleck, and I'm the lead pastor here. I'm glad you are here with us. I want to share with you briefly a, a cool uh, answer to prayer. Uh, last week, I talked about how a few years ago, we purchased um, one of our Helping the Hurting Projects. We purchased uh, 20 audio Bibles uh, to go to Swaziland in Africa. They're solar powered. They're about 100 bucks each. So we raised a couple thousand dollars and bought uh, 20 of them. And last week, uh, uh, we had money to buy more in the church budget and then um, found out that they, for whatever reason, they can't make them anymore because of the copyright law. The, the, the people in Swaziland didn't even have the Bible translated into their language until 1996. And so there's one translation and it's copyrighted. So anyways, um, I've been emailing with the South African Bible Society who oversees the copyright, and I asked you guys to pray about this last week, and I don't know if anyone did, but, but uh, I've been emailing with Francois in, uh, in the South African Bible Society guy, and, and so anyways, long story short, they are giving us 20 audio Bibles to hand out <laughs> in Swaziland, so it's like, we were hoping, yeah, <laughs> praise God. Um, Praise God, because I was like, man, we'll pay whatever, I mean, we got money, can we pay a copyright or whatever for each, so anyways, they're like, well, we're not releasing these audio Bibles till, the, till like, uh, they said the third quarter of 2016, but here's 20 free for you, and just pick them up in Johannesburg when you show up, and so, so yeah, turns out it's right by the airport, and we'll, we'll pick that up, so praise God, thank you for praying for that. Um, has anybody in here ever raised sheep? You ever raised sheep? Okay. Hey, this is Stanwood. I wouldn't be surprised, okay? That's awesome. Okay, well, le fewer than I thought, or fewer than are willing to admit, but uh, I have, uh, I've been learning a lot this week about raising sheep because uh, the passage we're looking at today has a lot to do with sheep and shepherding, and, uh, and so I've kind of been studying what did it mean in, to be a shepherd in ancient Israel, and I've learned that sheep were really important in Israel. Uh, sheep provided people with milk to drink and meat to eat and clothes to wear and wool to trade with. And sheep were really valuable to their owners, and so their owners would want to take really good care of their sheep. And an important, uh, an important part of doing that was giving the sheep a safe shelter, like a sheepfold or a pen. And so I want to show you an illustration of what an ancient sheepfold uh, looked like. It's essentially this large rectangular or circular pen that was made uh, either of rock or brush. And the walls would need to be high enough that the sheep couldn't jump out. And also hopefully so that the predators like wolves uh, couldn't get in. And as you'll see, the sheepfold had one entrance point there. And that was the one place where the sheep could go in and out, and there would either be a gate there, or the shepherd would sit there and be the gate, okay? He would act as the gate. And so in ancient Israel, what would happen is a village would come together, and a number of the shepherds in the village would use the same sheepfold for all of their flocks. So during the day, shepherds would lead their flocks out into the pastures to get food. They'd lead them to the stream to get water. And then at the end of the day, uh, they would look over them, check them out, maybe get any burrs out of their, their uh, wool, uh, make sure they were okay. They would lead them back into the sheepfold. And all of the shepherds would combine their flocks and put them into the sheepfold to sleep at night. And since the shepherds had worked all day, they would hire a gatekeeper to sit at the gate to watch over the flocks at night. And that gatekeeper then 
had a really important job because all these families were trusting him to watch over the sheep. Okay, then the next morning, the shepherds would come back to the sheepfold and they would relieve the gatekeeper from his job. And now, though, what you had is you had this large pen full of sheep from different flocks and they were all mixed together. So how were the shepherds supposed to get their own sheep and only their own sheep out of the sheepfold? Well, first, the shepherds knew which sheep were theirs, okay? They, they knew what their sheep looked like. They knew their individual personalities. They knew the needs of each one and how to help each one. Uh, they knew their sheep because they lived with their sheep. They spent all day with their sheep, and they would give their sheep names, and they would call the sheep by their names to get their attention. And so let's say you had one sheep that was, was bigger than the rest of the sheep and kind of liked to, to be in charge. Well, you might call him bossy. Um, or maybe you had another sheep who was uh, running around and always getting into trouble. You might call him rascal. And maybe you had another sheep who uh, was always trailing behind the flock. You might call him slowpoke. Well, the shepherds knew exactly which sheep were theirs, and they led their sheep out of the sheepfold by calling them by name. And since the sheep spent all day with the shepherd, they knew exactly what their shepherd's voice sounded like. And they would come to him when he called them. And they wouldn't listen to the voice of other shepherds. They would only come to the voice of their shepherd. And so the shepherd stood at the gate in the morning. He called out his sheep, and they would separate from the other sheep and come to him. And there's even uh, accounts of shepherds standing in each of the different corners and calling out their sheep, and the sheep would naturally divide and come to each corner to come to their shepherd. So then the shepherd would lead his sheep out to graze in the pasture during the day, and in the evening he would come back to the sheepfold. So that's going to give you a little help, hopefully, to understand the passage we're looking at today. If you've got your Bible with you, go ahead and turn to John chapter 10. We'll be in verses 1 through 11 today. John 10, 1 through 11. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. Jesus, thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you for caring for us as your sheep. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for giving us what we need. Thank you for laying down your life to rescue ours. Holy Spirit, as we open your word, we pray that you would please move powerfully in this place and in each of our hearts now. Please teach us, Holy Spirit. Please change us. Teach us to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Jesus, please make us like you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's start by reading just the first verse there, John 10, 1. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Okay, so let's stop there for, this, for a second. Why is Jesus suddenly concerned about thieves and robbers? And why is he out of nowhere, apparently, talking about the sheepfold? Well, let's Remember the context here. Let's remember exactly what happened before this passage. Jesus had healed a blind man on the Sabbath, and the blind man came to his Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, his shepherds, in a sense, to show them how Jesus had healed him. And the Pharisees 
weren't really impressed that he'd been healed. They just wanted to know why Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath. Because they didn't allow that in the rules that they had written. And the Pharisees were angry at the man because he stood up for Jesus. And so they mocked him and then they kicked him out of the temple. They excommunicated him from the temple. And soon after that, Jesus found the man and he offered this man eternal life. And the man confessed faith in him. He trusted that, yes, I believe that you are the son of man. You're the Lord. And Jesus said that to the man that, As Jesus is shining this truth, his light, into this dark world, the world will divide. The world divides. So some people will trust in him, and everyone else will reject him. And some of the Pharisees overheard Jesus talking about this to the man, and they asked Jesus if he thought that they were spiritually blind. And Jesus essentially tells them, yeah, you are spiritually blind. Because I've told you who I am. I have performed many signs and wonders in your presence, but you still reject me. You still say that I am not the Messiah. In fact, you say I'm the devil. And so you remain spiritually blind, and your sin remains on your head. And then, immediately after that, this is where Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. So Jesus is still talking to the Pharisees here, and he's talking about the Pharisees. Even though we're in chapter 10 now, the scene has not changed. Jesus says that anybody who tries to get into the sheepfold without going through the door is a thief and a robber. And the thieves and the robbers don't care about the sheep. They simply want to steal the sheep. They want to use the sheep. They want to cause harm to the sheep and to the flock. And so Jesus is making a direct link here between the Pharisees who have just hurt this formerly blind man. He's linking them with the thieves and robbers who also cause harm to the sheep. And then Jesus contrasts these thieves with the shepherd. Verses 2, 1 to 11 says, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus says that the shepherd arrives at the sheepfold and the gatekeeper who's been watching the sheep all night opens the gate to the shepherd The shepherd enters the sheepfold through the door. He calls his sheep by name in order to lead them out for the day. And the shepherd goes before the sheep. He leads them and they follow him because, it says, because they know his voice. It says the sheep will not follow strangers because they don't know the voice of strangers. The sheep run away from strangers. 
And after saying this to the Pharisees, uh, verse 6 says that they didn't understand what he was talking about. So Jesus breaks down the analogy to explain it to them. He tells the Pharisees that in this analogy, Jesus is both the shepherd of the flock, and he's also the door of the sheep. Okay? He's the shepherd and the door. Now remember, sometimes the shepherd sat in the opening of the sheepfold, like that picture we put up, and he acted as the door. He acted as the gate. And that's what Jesus does. He is the shepherd, and he is also the access point to the flock. And so if you're a sheep and you want to enter into the safety of Jesus' sheepfold, you have to enter through him. There's no other entrance point. So today, I want to focus on three questions about this passage and then give a few applications. First question, if Jesus is the shepherd, then who are his sheep? Second, what does it mean that Jesus is the door of the sheep? And third, who are the thieves and why are they dangerous? Okay. First, if Jesus is the shepherd, then who are his sheep? Remember that the shepherd comes to the sheepfold, which is filled with sheep from different flocks. And the shepherd calls out his own sheep by name, and they come to him. So in Jesus' analogy, the mixture of flocks in the sheepfold represent the Jewish people. And we know that from the context that several different points, he's, he's talking about the Jewish people here. And Jesus comes to the sheepfold. He comes to the Jews and he calls out his own sheep from among them. And the sheep that belong to Jesus know his voice and they come to him. And so Jesus, the, the, his sheep separate from the other sheep in the sheepfold and they come to form one flock, Jesus' flock. Jesus' flock is what we call the church. Jesus' flock is Jesus' church. And so Ephesians 1 says that Jesus' church contains every person whom God the Father gave to Jesus before the foundation of the world. Romans 8 says that even before God created each sheep of his flock, he foreknew them in a very special way. And that's why Jesus says in John 10, 14, that he knows the sheep and they know him and they know the sound of his voice. And in verse 16, Jesus says that his own sheep will listen to his voice and that he must bring them with him. So Jesus' attitude isn't, well, I'm going to go to earth, I'll preach the gospel, I'll die for the, the sin of the world, and whoever decides to come to me will come to me, and I sure hope some decide to come to me. Now Jesus says that he comes to the world, he preaches the gospel, his sheep, he calls by name. His sheep hear his voice. His sheep come to him, and Jesus must bring his sheep with him. Okay? Jesus says, and remember this in John 6, 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. So Jesus is calling his sheep to come out from among the Jews. And at the same time, we know that Jesus' flock doesn't consist of only Jewish people. It also consists of non-Jewish people like you and me, Gentiles. And that's why he says in verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. 
So Jesus doesn't say that he hopes there will be non-Jews who come to him. He says, I have other sheep. And I must bring them with me. And they will listen to my voice. And Jesus will bring the sheep from the Jewish flock together with the sheep from the Gentile flock, and they will form one new flock. They will have one shepherd. There will be one church, and Jesus will be the great shepherd of that church. Jesus is the shepherd, and his sheep are the followers all over the world, his followers, throughout all history who have trusted in his life and death and resurrection for salvation. Those are his sheep all who trust in him, in him alone. That leads us to our second question. What does it mean that Jesus is the door of the sheep? Well, how many doors does the sheepfold have? One, right? And so what's the only way a sheep can enter the sheepfold? Through that one door. Verse 7 says, So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And in verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. So Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, and if you want to enter his sheepfold, if you want to be part of his flock, you must go through him. He is the shepherd who sits at the entrance to the sheepfold, and he protects his sheep from danger. Jesus says that, Whoever enters the sheepfold through him will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So the very fact that Jesus offers to save you, he uses this language, to save you. The very fact that he offers to do this means that you are in danger. Okay? If Jesus is not your shepherd, if you do not come to him and hide under his protective hand, then you are in danger. You and I are sheep. If Jesus is not your shepherd, you are a sheep without a shepherd. You are all alone out in the world, and, and this world has no everlasting shelter for you and for your soul. There are lions and wolves who are out there on the prowl and who want to hurt you. That's what First Peter 5 says. There are dangerous places that you will be tempted to go as a sheep, and if you go there, you will be trapped, and you'll get stuck there in your sin. Read the book of Proverbs. You're, you're a sheep without a shepherd, and Satan has his eye on you, and he wants you. He wants to devour you. First Peter 5. But there is a shepherd who promises you safety. Listen for the voice of your shepherd who is calling you to come to him, to come back to him. He will lead you to safety, and Jesus is the shepherd. Jesus died on the cross to suffer for your sins. He rose from the dead to make you free and eternally safe in him. He is the good shepherd, and you can trust in him. Maybe today <clears throat> you're here and you're a lone sheep. Maybe you are standing outside of the sheepfold, peeking through the walls, looking in, trying to figure out how to get in where it's safe and warm. Well, don't spend forever walking circles around the outside of the sheepfold, okay? You don't get in that way. You got to get to the door. You come into the door. Come to Jesus. 
bowed down before Jesus, who is the shepherd who stands at the gate to the flock and come through him. And Jesus says that when he saves you, he will be your shepherd forever and nobody can snatch you from his hand. And with Jesus as your shepherd, <clears throat> he says you'll go in and out. You'll have pasture. He'll protect you. He will give you everything you need. Jesus will lead you day by day to give you what you need and under his care. doesn't mean life will always be easy, but it does mean you have an eternal shepherd who owns you and who will watch over your soul forever and protect you forever. So if you want to get rid of your fears, then stay next to the shepherd. <laughs> There's no, but, no, no safer place. If you want to be safe, stick with the shepherd. Trust that he says, I'm watching you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Trust that he loves you and trust that your soul is safe with Jesus because it is. Now, if Jesus isn't your shepherd, if you don't surrender to him and follow him, you're in danger. You're not safe. And maybe you fool yourself into thinking, I'm not a sheep. I can resist all the wolves and the traps. Jesus says you're a sheep. You're a sheep, and you need him to protect you. Because there are lions and wolves out there who will get you. There are traps set left and right for you. There are thieves and robbers who want a piece of you and who want to kill and destroy you. And this leads us to the third question then. Who are the thieves and why are they dangerous? In verse 8, Jesus says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And so remember again that the sheepfold contains the Jewish people. And there are thieves and robbers who have tried to get into the sheepfold by climbing the walls instead of by going through the shepherd, through the Messiah. The thieves aren't interested in the shepherd, okay? They only want to get in and hurt the flock. They want to kill the sheep individually. They want to ruin the flock. And Jesus says that all who came before him were thieves and robbers. But Jesus' true sheep didn't listen to them because they knew the sound of their shepherd's voice. And so when Jesus says that all who came before him were thieves and robbers, he's not talking about those faithful leaders like Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jesus is talking about the many Jewish rulers and religious teachers and leaders, just like the Pharisees, who attempted to lead God's flock away from God and who led them to danger. The Jewish people had a long history of, of corrupt and evil leaders who lead God's people astray. And God's angry about that, he says. He, he loves his sheep. He, he detests shepherds who do not love his flock, who do not love his word, and who lead his flock into danger. In Ezekiel 34, 1-16, the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus ever walked the earth, God says how angry he is with the evil shepherds of Israel, and he says that he is coming in the person of Jesus to be their good shepherd. Okay? Verses 1 to 16, I'm going to read this because it helps us understand the context. Ezekiel says, The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, 
Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. And so they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd, And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Jesus is the good shepherd. He is our good shepherd who has called us out. He has saved us. He watches over us. He cares for us. He came to Give us eternal protection from the thieves and the robbers who want to steal us away from the flock. He came to protect us from those who want to hurt us and consume us. There are lots and lots of false teachers and evil shepherds inside church buildings and outside of church buildings who are leading people away from the good shepherd. Some false teachers tell people, of course there's more than one way into the sheepfold. Of course, just pick a door. Or better yet, make your own door. We'll all end up at the same place. You'll get in. It's not what Jesus says. He says there's one door and he is the door. Other false teachers tell people, God's voice isn't in the Bible. God's voice is in your heart. And it's in nature. And it's in the heart and goodwill of your neighbors. And the Bible is this, it's an old book. It's a primitive book. It's time to progress, Christians. Lighten up on the Bible. Listen to how God speaks today. Other false teachers say, the Lord has redeemed all of us. 
all of us with the blood of Christ. All of us, everyone, even the atheists, even the atheists, everyone. That's a quote from May 2013 made by the Pope of the current Catholic Church. Other false teachers say, the Lord, or, the Lord wants you to be rich. The Lord wants you to be healthy. If you're not rich and if you're not healthy, then it's your own fault because you just don't trust Jesus enough. You don't give enough money to your shepherds, to your pastors. Give more money to your pastors and then Jesus will make you rich and then he'll make you healthy and, and, and save you from diseases. False teachers abound. And I realize that calling out false teachers isn't politically correct. It's considered bigoted by many. But listen, calling out false teachers is exactly what God has done all throughout the Bible. <laughs> a loving shepherd, a loving pastor, a loving parent doesn't hide danger from the sheep. A loving shepherd points out the danger to the sheep and says, don't go there because I want you to be safe. Jesus gave us his word. He gave us his spirit to keep us safe. So let's avoid um, all kinds of danger by clinging to Jesus, by clinging to his word, by clinging to the Holy Spirit who speaks through his word. There are, there are lots and lots of practical ways that this passage applies to us, okay? Let me just point out four ways. We're going to talk more about this next week or in the following weeks. And... Um, let me just point out four applications. First of all, please pray for our elders here at Cedar Home. Because our elders are the shepherds of this flock at Cedar Home. Um, our current elders are Dan Olson and Brian Hansen and Brent Carter and myself. We plan for Chris Meyer to come back in March, and we got a few more potential elders in training. But the office of elder is a position that we take really seriously here at Cedar Home because God takes it really seriously in Scripture. And we're not just going to throw anybody in there. But we do want to multiply elders. So please pray for us in this next year and the coming years as we seek to identify and train more elders to shepherd this flock. People who love Jesus, men who love the word of God and who want to watch the flock. Second, husbands, dads, moms, grandparents, legal guardians, you're a shepherd. What is the condition of the sheep in your care? How are your kids? How is your family? You've been given this wonderful and serious privilege of shepherding those in your care, shepherding those in your house. And God wants you, this is what I talk about. What does a shepherd do? He knows the sheep, feeds the sheep, leads the sheep, protects the sheep. Okay? Do you know your kids? Do you know what they like and what they don't like? Do you know what they're feeling inside their hearts? Do you know why they get home when they get home from school or some activity and they're acting a little different? Do you know what happened to them? Do you understand why they're acting the way they're acting? Are you feeding your kids God's word? Do you, do you read the Bible together? That's the word. Do you talk about Jesus together? Do you talk about what Jesus is doing in your life? Do you talk about the gospel together? Do you pray together? Do you sing worship songs together? Are you leading your kids by your example, by confessing sin? And as a parent, you don't need to pretend to be perfect. 
You need to admit you're a sinner and confess and repent your sins in front of your family. <laughs> That's what it means to be a shepherd. We pursue Jesus. No, none of us are perfect. That's why Jesus came. That's why we have to have him. And that's why we are, we are excited to pursue him because he's already covered our debt for us. And so we can tell our kids, you know what, I messed up and I'm sorry and I need to turn away from that. We need to model that for our kids. Are you protecting your kids, your family from false teachers and from dangerous situations and from this world? If you need help doing this, man, please... This is what you need to do. You've got to pour into yourself before you can pour into others, right? For all of us. And so um, stay in community. Stay, get, be in a community group. Come to Sunday school. Come to church. Talk to one of our elders or another leader in the church. We'd love to give you more resources on how you can shepherd the family in your care. Third, how can you know if you're one of Jesus' sheep? How can you know if you're saved? Well, how do you feel about the shepherd? How do you feel about Jesus? What do you think of him? Do you, do you believe that he's God? Do you believe that Jesus is God and that he can save you, that he can save you from your sin? What do you believe about yourself? Do you believe that you're a sheep lost and hopeless and you are in deep, deep danger outside of that sheepfold? Have you prayed to Jesus? Have you prayed to the shepherd and told him, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Lord and I, I want you to save me. And this is the thing. Are you trusting only in him to save you? And know that, man, you can't add anything to it. You can't do anything to get God to love you more. You can't do anything to get him to keep loving you. We just rest solely and completely on Jesus Christ and his finished work and his life, death, and resurrection for us, period. Well, if that's where you are, you're one of Jesus' sheep. Jesus doesn't turn away people who come to him. The, the only reason anybody comes to Jesus is because God the Father calls them to him. I would, if you're worried about whether or not you're a Christian, that's a good thing. It might very well mean you are because you're concerned about this. And God is calling you. John 6, 44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. So if you desire Jesus and his salvation, if you come to him in faith, then you are saved. If you don't trust in Jesus, but you want to, then ask him to give you faith. Ask him to help you believe. Now, here's another thing. If you're searching for truth and you don't know what you believe, you maybe believe there's a God out there, and you believe Jesus might be this God, then, then pray to Jesus and ask him to show you the truth. Part two, though, is doing your part to seek the truth and open the word of his revealed truth and read about him in the Gospels to see what he's like. Because if you're playing this game forever, God, I just wish you would show me the truth. I don't know. He's like, well, look what I already said. <laughs> I gave you the roadmap already. You need to open it up, right? And so we lead people to God's word. And then fourth, share your testimony, share the gospel, the good news with non-believers, and then trust God with the results. 
Trust him with the results. See, the plan of sharing our faith, the plan of calling sheep into the sheepfold is God's plan. He is the shepherd. He has graciously enlisted us to be part of calling sheep to the shepherd. But the plan of preaching the gospel so that God's sheep will hear his voice and recognize it and believe it, this is God's plan. Pray that God would give people ears to hear his voice. Because we know that Satan has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. And that there are people who, are, who need God to sovereignly take out the earplugs so that for the first time they hear the gospel and they're like, Lord, that's what we need to happen. We want the sheep to hear their shepherd's voice. So pray for that. Point people to the word. You don't have to have all the answers. Just point people to the word and let God do the rest. We don't trust in our speaking skills or how much we've read about theology or our intellectual prowess. This is all we trust in. 1 Corinthians 2. We trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to work through us broken people in our weakness in order to save sinners through the message that Jesus Christ, their great shepherd, has died and resurrected. Okay? That's, that's our hope. And we point others to that and we trust that God's sheep will hear their master's voice and that they will eventually come to him. May not be the first time, but we trust that they will come to him. Jesus is the good shepherd and whoever wants to be saved forever from their sins, whoever wants to have eternal life, the life they were created to enjoy with God forever, must come to Jesus the shepherd and must go through Jesus the shepherd because he is the door of the sheep. As the communion servers come forward, let's thank God for being our good shepherd. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word, and we thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for calling us to you with power, calling us from all sorts of different life situations, not telling us, you know what, you need to get your act together and then you can show up to church or you need to get your act together and then you can follow me. You called us right where we were. You saved us right where we were and you changed us. We thank you for that and we thank you, God, that you promise us that, that we're in your flock now and you say, no one can snatch my sheep from my hand. And that's because you're God and because you've purchased us with your own blood. And you've risen from the dead, God, so that we can have life with you forever. We want to celebrate that today in communion. Help us, Lord, to meditate on this wonderful truth. And please make us shepherds, God, who look after one another. We pray this in Jesus' name.